A very warm welcome to the fifth and last of the Winchester Bids 2021 Business Briefing Podcasts. As you know, we aim to give you the opportunity to learn from successful local businesses and their advisors so you can pick up ideas, tips and techniques that you may be able to use in your own business situations. I'm John Kind and I've worked with the Winchester Bid for the past 10 years, publishing the quarterly Business Barometer Report uh, and the Bid's business magazine, Kind Words. Today's theme is the High Street and our two guests, Chris Bickle and Gavin White, are going to help us to explore this topic in a bit more detail. Chris is a director of Savills in Southampton. Savills is a leading international firm of chartered surveyors and estate agents, and Chris specialises in the hospitality sector, pubs, hotels and restaurants. His work, I gather, is very wide-ranging, including business acquisitions, rent reviews and valuations. Gavin, by contrast, is an entrepreneur. He's the founder of We Are Shuffle, a highly creative agency and consultancy. And Gavin helps clients to increase their sales, to strengthen their brand presence and boost their efficiency. And with his wife, Gavin also runs a property development business. Well, Chris and Gavin, thank you very much for joining us. Let's start, can we, with with the big picture before we start talking about Winchester specifically. Uh, And Chris, so I could start with you. Uh, What's happening on high streets across the country? What are the trends? How is life on the high street different now from what it was like before COVID turned up two years ago? Thank you, John. Well, I, I would say it's, um, it's a very mixed picture at the moment. It's a very mixed outlook, depending on where you are in the country. I think um, we can look at some stats to demonstrate where we're currently at. Um, we have about 48 retail businesses closing a day. Uh, we've seen about 6,000 or so uh, chain retail stores close in 2020, 2021 alone alone. That's, that's Topshop and Debenhams are in particular. But on the flip side, we're also seeing about 2,500 new independent stores that are due to open in the same period. So it's a mixed picture of vacancy and also opportunity. And I think um, some of the, uh, the high street trends are being shaped by property factors, some financial, and ultimately the change in dynamic of the high street may also be impacted by the way in which we consume and ultimately occupy the property that we're going to be in and how as consumers we want our premises to act. Thanks very much. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Gavin? What, what I would add there is um, I would say don't panic. Um, there seems to be a real panic and sort of media focus on the high street being dead. For me, it's not. It's in transition, and it was in transition pre-COVID. Um, you know, I feel that uh, we've sort of got this headline that says the high street is dead. In fact, it's not. Uh, we have to embrace the future and we have to look at what the high street will become. I mean, last time I looked, you couldn't get a haircut via delivery or via online. So, uh, you know, people who live in the city need service. Um, so I think that's a focus going forward. Um, they also will be working uh, locally more so than ever. So I think there's a need to adapt space uh, in, a, in a brighter way and also a more clever way. Um, 
which I think we're doing unwittingly. We're already looking at ways we work, ways we shop, um, and the way we use our local facilities. Uh, that's, so yes. the, the message that you are both, I think, beginning to mention is that the death of the high street has been greatly exaggerated, that its adaptation, uh, yes. outward-looking uh, concentration on customers. And I think you need to renew your identity. Um, what you thought of a city or a place that you visited before perhaps needs to change in your mindset in terms of, you know, um, Winchester is very well renowned for its cafe culture, its restaurants. Let's hope in the future it's, it's got some other creative or some other businesses that we can, you know, enjoy when we visit the city or just, you know, apart from grabbing a coffee and a quick sandwich and a nice meal. Um, that's my vision. Uh, I think we've got some great entrepreneurs and individual businesses in the city um, that have great ideas. We need to nurture that. I mean, that actually brings us nicely on to the Winchester scene. Chris, just your your thoughts about the Winchester retail scene, um, the Winchester High Street. Um, just give us a, a stream of consciousness. Yeah, I mean, Winchester has, has quite low vacancy rates compared to the rest of the UK. Um, I think we're running at about 9% or so, um, but national is about 14% or so. Um, and actually, that's quite a, quite a good figure compared to the, the national average. So Winchester is, um, is not in as bad shape as others are at the moment, so which, which is a good thing. Um, Winchester also has a, a lack of kind of diverse property. So what we don't see in, in, uh, in as great numbers are large, vacant retail stores, larger premises that other um, uh, cities experience. Uh, we've got one or two department stores, and otherwise the, um, the city's fairly well occupied. We have you know, lots and lots of independent retailers um, in different types of shapes of property in a very traditional high street. So Winchester's quite lucky in terms of the fact that it has, um, it has a strong tourist fall, uh, footfall, it has a strong heritage um, following, so it's, 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 and it's a great city to live in, one of the most you know, popular places to live in the UK. So it's in quite good shape compared to other places. Of course, we are seeing um, to let and for sale units across the, across the high street, not in great numbers, um, but ultimately the high street looks like it's in quite good shape. Um, we've got a, a vacant Debenham store, as you, as you probably know, anyone in the city would, would have walked past that and seen that vacant. And that's kind of fairly um, systematic of, of, of the changing consumer trends and on, online shopping, larger stores obviously closing. And, and from that point on, um, the, the way in which we look to occupy those stores in the future is going to be quite important also. So uh, retail repurposing, kind of reimagining retail is going to be very important in the future as well. So Winchester looks pretty good. I think, to, I think many occupiers and many stakeholders would argue that it needs to be a bit more diverse. But that in itself is, a, is quite a long process to try and change and arrest that, um, arrest that trend. Thanks very much. Yeah, I think the, the other thing is that um, if you look at retail in general, um, the sort of revolution of online has taught retailers a couple of lessons. Um, we no longer need to have a huge presence in the high street um, and stack boxes, pay staff, which are, you know, retrospectively are always overworked, underpaid. Um, it's not, a, not a, an area that young people want to go and work in anymore. Um, there could be an argument that in the future, a retail experience is where it's heading. So they might have key retail items that they have really uh, core training salespeople that sell that to you. And of course, you pop home after you've seen it and you've had the experience and you buy it via an app or via your, you know, your computer. Um, but I think the re retail in general, I keep trying to emphasise, was, was heading in the wrong direction way before COVID. 
um, I think we just didn't realise it. Um, so it's a great opportunity right now as well for any young entrepreneur who wants to start a business. So I'm picking up a sense of you know, tangible optimism in Winchester. I mean, you mentioned the high street vacancy rate. Uh, the national rate is, I think, 14.5%. The Winchester rate is 10.3%. And one or two people locally can be very critical about the high street. But I think, as Chris has been saying, uh, overall, it's in not bad shape. So that brings me on to the next question. Let's imagine that you are having a conversation with a an entrepreneur, a retail entrepreneur, who is thinking about opening an outlet in the high street. And two come to mind at the moment. You've got Pandora, the old Pandora jewellery site, uh, in the middle of the high street. And you've got Eat, Drink and Be, which is sadly closed at the top of the high street. Now, there are two vacant sites there. You're talking to a potential a new investor, new retailer in Winchester. What are the factors critical to success? Let's start with you, Gavin. Well, I'm a brand man through and through. I love developing brands. Um, one thing, I 30 years of working with brands has taught me that consumers want to know what is behind a brand, even more so. Um, who's behind it, where they're sourcing from, um, where their pro- product is coming from, and that can even be a, a restaurant do you source locally? Um, that's really important. I'd say anyone coming into the city is having that connection with your, you know, your sort of um, where your where your product service is coming from. Are you playing local people, sourcing local uh, um, sort of equipment? All that is part of a brand, uh, I guess, makeup that consumers are starting to see through. It's really important for that, I think, to to come across. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Winchester's got a thriving independent market or independent sector. I think um, what the vacancy rates on the high street have allowed operators to do is to come into space that would otherwise be unavailable to them. Um, and to a certain, certain degree, some of those um, those landlords are being more flexible in their approaches as well. So the doors are more open now to uh, entrepreneurs. Um, localism is, is more important now than ever. People are buying local, as Gavin says, and Providence and, uh, and all that stuff is it's really, really important. So I think you know, the high street is changing slightly. And I think um, I think that people are being a lot more aware of who their consumer is, what their product is, is it relevant in that particular moment? And also looking forward, you know, in two or three years' time, we couldn't have predicted COVID, but our, our consumer patterns have changed. We're we're um, we're working at home more. Um, we're less um, less in our in our work environment. So there's an argument to provide more retail where you live now, as opposed to where you work. Mm. And actually, um, uh, that that kind of change is something you've got to try and predict to a certain degree, or at least or at least kind of prepare for. And um, if I was advising someone to come in, apart from picking the right location, 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 location is always very important, is to, as Gavin says, understand your business plan, your product, but also get the right deal as well. So three things. Strong brand, uh, as good a location as you can afford, and a well-thought-out business plan. Yes. I'd say, John, point two is I think those that can seize the opportunity to subdivide spaces, inviting maybe some young brands in, uh, there's a lot of um, sort of vehicles in London that you can, um, I guess, incubate businesses. So young people that don't have access to cash or investment but might have a great idea can come into one space, subdivided space, and create an incredible uh, marketplace environment. Uh, I think those that seize that opportunity right now can actually take a, a you know, big step towards how the, how the high street can look in the future. And that leads on nicely to your thoughts about landlords 
Chris has mentioned landlords. How f- flexible do you think, in the context of Winchester, Chris, landlords are going to be, for example, in terms of agreeing to turnover uh, linked rents, uh, not always insisting on upward-only rent reviews? What, what do you sense is the level of, the degree, rather, of flexibility here? I think to use the kind of government terminology, there's, there's a bit of levelling up in the market at the moment um, in terms of how landlords and tenants are um, negotiating on, on, on new leases in particular. Um, turnover rents um, have never been really popular. Landlords don't really like them because it means that their income's not secure. And there's pros and cons on both sides. Um, so I think they've not really been universally adopted um, as a rule. Um, I think landlords would probably um, go for a turnover rent option if they felt they were going to attract a particularly good tenant. Um, and otherwise, they wouldn't normally do it unless there was a chance of a, of a void or a, or a problem with reletting. So I think understanding um, the market, supply and demand, and if there's a demand for turnover rents and, and if the landlords have got to negotiate on that basis, they will do. But then it does affect the income stream and, and the, um, uh, and the, um, the, the um, income um, security, and that will have a, an impact on the landlord's investment yield. And that's very, very important. But they're creeping in. Um, they're not as popular as um, some might think they are because ultimately there's a lot of admin that's needed to, yes. to manage yeah. them. And that's on both sides, that can be quite problematic. One extra point to make is as a tenant on a turnover rent, um, you can overpay if you do particularly well. So make sure that cap goes in um, and uh, make sure that you uh, read the small print. And presumably, uh, Gavin, the stronger the brand presence, that's also going to appeal to a landlord and therefore may make the negotiating challenge slightly easier. Well, in my case, I mean, I, I took a premises on in Winchester and I subdivided it. So that was, I think I was probably the first to ever think about that in terms of its concept. There's a huge space. Um, I possibly can't afford it all on my own, but what I could do is I could subdivide and work with like-minded people within that building to ensure the landlord gets paid. I think that's the future. I'd also say that the framework of, of lease, leases, for me as a, as a, as a you know, an entrepreneur, they're very antiquated. Um, we live in a world where you know, the biggest um, you know, taxi company in the world doesn't own any vehicles, Uber, and the biggest uh, you know, land, uh, property owner in the world doesn't own any property. They're called Airbnb, and there's, there's thousands of cases like that. Those business models actually need to be adopted or need to be studied harder, uh, especially in small provincial villages, to understand how we can be flexible with our, you know. Time is just easing forward. Just one last question, if I may. Um, over to you again, Chris. If you had one or two, just one or two messages for local policymakers like the county council, like the local city council, about how to make Winchester High Street more prosperous and more vibrant, what matters? Just one or two would you direct their attention to? Gosh, that's a hard question to answer quickly and shortly. I mean, my, my, my feelings are that um, I think local authorities need to look at other examples and see where it's working elsewhere. Uh, I think you've got to look at those examples, digest, um, but actually take action is the most important thing. Um, it's very important to consult, but I'd say, I'd say it's very, very important also to make sure something's done. You know, if you don't progress, you regress, I think Eisenhower has said. And I think that's very, very important. To, yeah. important yes. to take Delivery, I think, is the buzzword at the, the moment. That's buzzword, isn't it? Yeah. I'd, say, I'd say wake up, stop using external consultants. We have some very, very bright people in the city who have got some successful businesses. I think we need to lean towards those people uh, where in the past they've been turned away. Uh, 
the people that have those businesses and operate and have staff, they understand the city. They're the ones that will make the change. And you mention other places. I mean, two, for example, that have been highlighted in the papers recently are Maidenhead, not a million miles away from here, and in the northwest, Trafford. Just just a studied tour for a day or two to pick up what's going on, I think, just echoes what you've been, um, what you've been mentioning. Well, uh, I'm afraid this brings us to the end of our conversation. I'd like to uh, again thank Chris and Gavin for being so informative. I think it would be fair to say the appetite has been very uh, much whetted. Uh, Thank you very much. And as I mentioned earlier, this is the last of the Winchester Bids 2021 Business Briefing podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and we look forward to you tuning in again early in 2022. So until then, goodbye and all the best.